It's showtime, y'all. You love him and I love him. Put your hands together. Dolomite is my name. Hey, you know, Auntie, I was thinking about putting out a comedy record. Comedy? You've been a singer, a shake dancer? Ha! It's real hard to break in. I do whatever it takes to get in. I come up with a new character. Dolomite is my name, and fucking up motherfuckers is my game. Oh, he's bad. What'd you do to your hair? You look like a pimp. It's all pretend. I just created a character. Dolomite. <laughs> you a trip. Pull on that. Oh, that's oh, a wig. That's right. Whatever it takes, I'm ready to do it. I got to be totally outrageous. It's filthy. You've got a product here that you can't sell or promote. All my life, people been telling me no. Rudy, sometimes our dreams just don't come true. A man slam a door in my face, I just find another door. I want the world to know I exist. You can write. This ain't funny. And it ain't no brothers in it either. If I get up in that light with my own movie, I could be everywhere all at once. Let's bring Dolomite to the screen. The actors we hire, you're a bit doughier than them. Doughier? Hey, that's Durban Martin. I'm offering you a role in my new motion picture. You think you could just walk up here and hire me? No. What if we let you direct? In storytelling, it's always best to write what you know. You ain't nothing to talk about in my personal life. I deal with the nightlife, club owners and mobsters and lots of pimps and kung fu. Do you know karate? No, but I'm a fast learner. I can learn how to chop me a motherfucker. Action. Dolomite, give it to me. Put your weight on it. Like he could be a sex machine. What planet is this cat on? Damn! This thing flops, you're gonna be working for free for the rest of your life. I'm so grateful for what you did for me. Cause I never seen nobody that looks like me up there on that big screen. God damn! Dolomite. Great God in heaven, you know Cut. Was it good as shave? Yep. Y'all heard the trailer. Dolomite is my name. This is a special No Chase Film Society bonus episode, the first of its kind um, that we got coming up to y'all. These little episodes we're going to be doing, um, you know, in the event that there's a movie that comes out that comes out that drops that is a little separate from the actual films that we talk about during our regular uh, episodic podcast on the No Chase Film Society podcast platform presented by OTS and speaking of OTS joining in this conversation with me OTS head honcho our producer extraordinaire my main man's in this whole podcasting game we doing big Derek what's good bro what's going on bro man put my weight on it bro (laughs) (laughs) 
Treasure my weight on it. Dolomite <laughs> is my name, man. Uh, we just going to jump right into it. Uh, this is a bonus episode again, and uh, you guys will see these episodes from time to time. This is not uh, considered one of our main episodes uh, because we still have episode four coming up for y'all. But this is a separate episode that we're dedicating just to this particular film. And we'll do this from time to time. And uh, I'm, I'm just glad that this is the first one that we could introduce as one of those bonus episodes because this movie, man, has to be one of the most attention-getting movies of 2019. I'm going to say, in my judgment, I don't even yeah. want to give a full review on it. Uh, uh, just a, I don't want to give a capsulated review on it just yet. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let Derek open up his... Uh, open up with his review and just give you give me your your thoughts on the movie but i will say definitely this is one of the most attention snatching movies of the year i i don't even think i can disagree with that 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 this was um this was a a great um movie for for eddie murphy to come back with um this this was it was inspiring bro that Very was much so. that was um it was very inspiring. It was uh I thought it was hilarious. Um and I know I know when when we uh first did that Dolomite episode a few weeks ago, um we had mentioned this a little bit, but I was under the impression that it was a remake. Mhm. And uh a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, to to see that this was actually like a biopic of Rudy Ray Moore becoming Dolomite. That that was that was a that was beautifully done. I I don't have any complaints about the movie. I, I think that um, I think that uh, this is actually um like a blueprint for biopics, in a way. I think this I'll was agree. this was this was very well done. I I, right. I loved it, and and one of my favorite characters was actually Wesley Snipes' uh, character. But I think I think um uh. Eddie Murphy, Wesley Snipes, and uh, what's the lady name play, that played uh, Lady Divine lady. Divine Joy Randolph? Yes, excellent. All awesome three performance. Awesome performance. Man, she she did an incredible job. Yeah. Um, I I I love this movie. I loved, it. and it actually made me understand Dolomite more. I was I was um, I, when I first watched the uh, what was that? That came in nineteen seventy four, correct? The first Dolomite, the yeah, first I want to say 74, 75, something yeah. like that. That, um, watching that movie, I, I, I was kind of confused on different, um, different, um, situations in the movie because I didn't understand it, you know, that, I didn't fully understand what Dolomite was. Right. Um, and, and honestly, this movie helped me to understand that, that movie so much more. I actually want to go back and watch it again because this just highlighted so many things. And actually, it, it felt like it was um, it felt like it was actually shot from the viewer's perspective of that movie in certain aspects. With uh, when they were able to f- um, put Wesley Snipes, uh, uh, let, me, let me just say, Devell um, Martin. Like, 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 like yeah, saying. we've been we've been struggling with that man's name yeah. for, for a minute. <laughs> uh, I, I'm a from the pronunciation from the film is 
Derval Martin, I want to say. Okay. Derval Martin. Yeah. Derval Martin. Well, his perspective of the film was actually my perspective. So I think that's what actually made me laugh much more because I was sitting there watching the original movie and just thinking the exact same things that he said in the movie. So it was it was phenomenal. I I I I this is probably one of the few movies that I um I don't see any holes in. Right. This this was beautifully done, man. Right. I I loved it. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Man, uh shit. Can't can't agree with you more. Um I knew when I first heard about this movie, and I wanna say I maybe first heard about it late last year. When I first, uh, you know, came across that Eddie Murphy was going to, because like a lot of people think, I thought he was remaking the movie Dolomite, you know, remaking remaking the Dolomite film. But, you know, when I discovered that he was actually retelling the life of Rudy Ray Moore, the creator of Dolomite, I'm going to be honest with you, man, and I know hindsight is, is one thing, but I'm going to be honest with you, I never doubted this movie would be good. I just never. I, I was. I, I was anticipating this movie from beginning, because when I thought about and consider really Ray Moore, mm. his background, the time he came up in, and then you consider that Eddie Murphy, you know, was pretty much uh, raised up during the time where this guy was a celebrity when he was really on the scene. Mm-hmm. I knew that this is the type of material that helped make a Eddie Murphy, you know, if, and if you look at a little bit of the backstory to mm-hmm. how Eddie made this movie, this movie was in the making for 16 years. His brother, you know, I believe brought to him, you know, the idea of, of, of Dolomite as a kid, told him about uh-huh. Dolomite as a kid and, you know, developed that interest in, in really Ray Moore and Eddie Murphy pretty young. So when you consider that and consider the type of genius that Eddie is, I knew that, okay, this is a figure that Eddie is is familiar with. And he actually said that. He actually said that because I watched a few interviews in in regards to the movie Mm -hmm. since I've seen it. And in a couple of interviews, one particular interview, Eddie actually says, I didn't really have to prepare for this role. I knew this man my whole childhood. I was brought up on this stuff. Yeah. So those are the things that I already knew. I mean, I'm not a new jack to Eddie Murphy. I'm not, you know, I'm not a, a, a newly introduced to this to this man's talent. This is a man that uh, me and my mom was talking about this the other day. She fucked around and took us to see Raw when it came out. Because <laughs> she thought it was, a, you know, she said she didn't know it was a stand-up uh, show <laughs> that would be laced with profanity. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, that's one of the introductions that sparked my interest in this comedic talent that we have in Eddie Murphy, man. So just knowing the type of material that he's picked in the past and knowing the type of performances he's put on in the past and given us in the past, mm-hmm. I knew that this would be a movie he would kill. So I would say that I wasn't disappointed at all. As a matter of fact, he, he exceeded the expectation. This movie has me really looking forward to coming to America too now. Oh, most definitely. Really, really looking forward to that movie because I believe that Eddie has made a conscious decision to take the throne back, man, and, that, and that's a that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah. You know? I, I I think this was perfect because he's coming out with a stand-up special on Netflix as well, right? 
Uh, yeah, there's, I don't think he's nailed down any particulars about it, but okay. uh, what I did see, I watched the interview he did with Al Roker mm. yesterday, actually, and he's actually touring. He's going he's going to tour for a little while to kind of mm. build his comedic muscle up because you know, he's been out of the game, off the, off the, off, well, I should say, um, off stage, mm-hmm. I think since Raw, which is over 30-some years, right? Jesus, Yeah. Yes, he hasn't been. I mean, outside of when he received a uh, he received a Mark Twain award award a couple of years ago, and when you receive the Mark Twain award, you know they kind of it's kind of customary that you give a two or three minute speech. So he oh, did yeah. that, and that kind of that that's really what sparked the buzz for people to want Eddie to come back to stage is when he received that Mark Twain award, and uh, you know it just never materialized after that. But that that talk has been going on for a while. That yeah. he's back to stage. Well, he's actually confirming it now. And he said, what he said was, he planned on preparing the uh, laying the groundwork for coming back to stage after coming to America too. Okay. But when he saw that, the when he saw the energy, and when he saw just uh, just what was coming about with him producing the Dolomite film, mm-hmm. he said, "Shit, let's let's go ahead and push this thing up a little earlier." So he actually decided to start touring. To get an actual, you know, get his act together and get his, uh, get his material and get his comedic muscle, as he called it. Mm-hmm. He wanted to kind of develop that uh, through a tour, so he's going to start touring. Which I'm gonna probably see if I can market, you know, maybe an organ or something, man, to try to get a, a ticket to that tour, bro. Because <laughs> I, I want to be in the building at least one time in my lifetime to see Eddie Murphy live. That, I that's... would love that. Yeah, man. I, I hope he comes to Atlanta. Yeah, exactly. He didn't. I haven't heard any particular details on a, a time frame, but there is a Netflix special that he's he's uh that's in the works from that from what he's saying. There is a Netflix special in the works, and there is a tour that's in the works that's going to lead up to the Netflix special. Man, I'm 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 excited, man, because I was born in 1990, so I've I've never seen. I mean, I've I've seen Raw, I've seen Delirious, but right. I've never seen like I've never been alive for Eddie Murphy to actually be on stage, currently, you know, like right. like for me that's that's uh, Dave Chappelle, right? You know, so I I'm I'm excited to be able to actually witness that 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 would be a great thing to see live, um, but. I'm gonna be completely honest. I I didn't know what to expect with this movie. I I just knew I was gonna watch it because it was Eddie Murphy. That's right. that's I I love I've loved his movie since I was a kid. So it was like, you know, it was it was one of those things where I, I just knew I was gonna watch this movie no matter what the material was about. Right. Um But I will definitely say if anyone's gonna watch this movie, it would be beneficial to watch the original uh, Rudy Ray Moore film first. It would be, and then watch this because it 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 gives you so much more appreciation for Rudy Ray, um, and what he did, especially in that time. Like, um, that's that's someone who's never who had never done anything like that before, and and to to go in and make that kind of project, um, which in the movie uh, toward the end they they said that uh, he they say he he made ten million dollars with that movie. Uh, yeah, something like ten million dollars, and he made a few other Dolomite uh, right. sequels and 
just different renditions of that character yeah. have showed up in different films over the years. Yeah, R Rudy Ray Moore developed a, a career as a result of Dolomite. Um, I believe there were even a couple of movies that he didn't produce that he was just cast in that he starred in. Uh, there's one in particular I saw recently. I think it was called Monkey Hustle. Um, not a very good movie, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, it has uh, it has Rudy Ray Moore's character uh, as well. Rudy Ray Moore as an actor cast in this movie as just uh, I think his character's name was Goldie or something like that. So ah. Rudy Ray Moore de developed and actually had a career as a result of this movie. See, and this is one. This is a a, a guy that um, I actually think that that we need to be speaking about as a part of black history, you know, right. like, like right. what he did for, for filmmakers. Um, that's very inspirational, especially when you go back and study it. And it's like, just keep going, you know? Right. And, and this is, this is probably the, I would say, which should be the, the standard movie for any filmmaker to watch. This should yes. be one of the standards. Yes. One of the key movies for anybody that's operating or living or aspiring aspiring to be a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. This is the film you need to watch. And and that was really what I was... if you got any kind of ambition, mm -hmm. you know, particularly artistic ambition, mm -hmm. but any kind of ambition that nobody believes you can do. People are saying that you're too old to do. People are saying that you're not qualified. Nobody's interested. If there's anything that you're doing in your life where you're facing those kind of challenges, this yeah. is the movie you need to watch. Oh, most definitely. Without question. Yeah, without question. Without I, question. If you can walk away from this movie without feeling any kind of inspiration, then you have a personality defect. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. There's a personality defect that you might need to get addressed and get medicated. Yeah. Because this movie <laughs> will make you feel that you can do any goddamn thing you want to do. <laughs> yes. If you just push that shit, it gives you that type of drive, man. That's the yes. one... That's just one of the things I can say about this movie. Yeah, and and I would you know, when we when I when we did the uh, Dolomite episode, I was saying that that even though the movie itself was um was not good in terms of choreography um and and execution in certain areas, I was I remember I was I remember I was telling you that episode that that this is a film that um filmmakers need to study um Absolutely. in film school to to learn the things to do and what not to do but when you pair that movie with this movie my god man it's 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 anyone that's especially filmmakers that are that are um that are watching it 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 will help them to know what what to do what not to do but how to go about doing it and right. and to keep pushing you know cuz this is especially being in Atlanta you know, everyone's saying that this is like, you know, the next Hollywood, this, that, and the other. Right, But right. when you go in, you know how it is. When you go and, and try and, 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 you know, get inserted into the, the industry itself here, it's it's hard. It's really right. hard, you know. And, and then you got to figure out, well, what can I do to make a name for myself and push push down that door? And right. this, this is one of those movies that I... Like you said, if you come away from this movie, you don't watch it. Something's really wrong with you. I actually, off, yeah. I actually like, I wanted to cry after the movie was over, and I didn't cry, but I wanted to cry because it was just like that. 
that was that was that inspirational to me. It was. It was a very inspirational movie, man. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things too that 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 Eddie said that really stuck with me and means a lot to me mm-hmm. as far as this film. I, I, again, I saw another interview Eddie did, and Eddie said, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with these, they, they're called art house directors. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is uh, Fellini. He did a movie called Eight and a Half. I think this movie came out maybe 60s or something like that. Mm. He was an art house, Italian, an Italian director. Mm. Um, art house guy. I think it, I can't recall his first name, but his last name was Fellini. He has a movie called Eight and a Half, right? I've actually, I actually, I've seen it. When you watch that movie, it's considered a classic. Now, don't get me wrong; it's considered a classic. This movie is considered one of the, you know, greatest foreign films of all time. When you watch that movie, you look at it and instantly you're hit with the "What the fuck am I watching?" To me, <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? All yeah. right. But that film is considered art. That film is considered uh, what you, what me, would call a classic. What Eddie was saying was that I consider Rudy Ray Moore's Dolomite creation along the same lines and with the same art, along the same artistic value mm-hmm. as a Fellini or any other of these foreign, you know, art artsy directors who people applaud and esteem as geniuses. Uh-huh. He said, I esteem Rudy Ray Moore as a genius as well, within the same context. Yeah. That to me was beautiful, man. Yeah. That to me was beautiful. It took, you know, you want to talk about poetic justice, right? Uh-huh. And uh, this is something that I was probably trying to save to the end of the podcast, but uh, I'll just put it out there now. I would say, when, like, like you're saying, that when you walked away with that emotional impact uh-huh. that this movie had, I can agree with that. I can totally agree with that. Because when you think about Rui Ray Moore, Derval Martin, uh-huh. uh, Lady Reed, uh-huh. um, those are just a few of the names of the people who were in the original and a part of the original Dolomite film. Uh, I think the, the writer's name was Jerry something. I forget his name. Uh, let me look him up because I want to you know, give everybody the proper acknowledgement for this work, man. Uh, what's the the role Michael Keegan Michael Jerry Keegan Michael Key mm-hmm. uh, played his role the screenwriter yeah when you think about all of these people who were involved in this movie at that time and the work they were making at that time which we can all agree is not the best uh, aesthetically mm-hmm. you know it wasn't the best quality, you know production value wise but those people had no idea that they were making something that will pretty much live in eternity. I don't believe they really had it. Well, I don't think they had an idea that they were making something that would get the resurgence and get the re-life that it got some 50-some years later oh, with what Eddie Murphy and what these, what these talented cast did with this movie. They would have never dreamed that one of the greatest, if not the greatest, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm going to call them the greatest. If That they would never have dreamed that the greatest comedic talent in the world, <laughs> yeah, would tell the story of this man, yeah. Rudy, Ray, Rudy Ray Moore. Who would have thought that in 1974? Who would have assumed that, dreamed that, that Lady Reed would get the the, the acknowledgement that she's getting now mm-hmm. 
some over 40, 50 years later. Mm-hmm. That's that's God, man. I'm sorry. I and mean, I'm not trying to get spiritual or nothing and, yeah. and you know, take it into because, you know, I'm not the most spiritual guy and I don't even claim to be a Christian. But yeah, me I, I will say that I do believe in a higher power. Mm-hmm. I do believe in a, in, a, in a most high power over all power that there is. Mm-hmm. And some people can call it whatever you want to call it. Um, in this case, I'll just say God, <laughs> that God, <laughs> that only God can arrange something and, 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 and craft a future like that. Yeah. Only, only, you know, that's, that's, it was just phenomenal to me, man. Like these people were dismissed years ago. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. These people were dismissed. I'm talking about Rudy Ray Moore and Lady Reed. And these people were dismissed years ago. Mm-hmm. These, th- this work, honestly, most people have no problem looking at, I'm talking about the original Dolomite material. Mm-hmm. No problem. No people have, don't have a problem looking at that work. And just dismissing it, you know, or just using it as 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 laugh material, you know, comic material. Mm-hmm. This is a film that was really never taken seriously. Right. But look at what can happen though when you just do what you do. You mm-hmm. <laughs> do you put your expression out there, whatever it is, as long as it's honest, as mm-hmm. long as it's you, as long as it's authentic to you, do it. Yeah. If you're inspired to do it, do it. Because you never know what it will become, even if you're not here to see it, see or the result who, of it. Or who it will inspire. You never know who it will, who it will inspire, or, and you never know what, will it, what it might end up becoming. Yeah. Do that shit, man. Yeah. And that's just, that's just something I walked away with, man, from this film, that, man, that after all these years, Rudy Ray Moore now will live on in eternity, thanks to the talent that we have called Eddie Murphy. Oh, most definitely. That's beautiful to me, man. I, I, yeah. I don't know if I went around the world with that. I hope I, there was some clarity that, that came from that. But that's just the, the way I can express it from the feeling I had that I appreciate Eddie Murphy Yeah, making this movie. And I don't yeah. say that often about any damn movie, that I appreciate somebody from making a movie. Mm-hmm. That's not language that I typically walk, you know, use and uh, that I walk around with. But I appreciate Eddie for making this movie. And even though... And I, and I got to give credit to the screenwriters mm-hmm. um, and the director, uh, Craig Brewer. But this was an Eddie Murphy movie, man. Like, th- this oh. this movie Most definitely. had the magic of Eddie Murphy all over it and would not have been half of what it was without Eddie Murphy. Even coming down to the, the, the cast, you yeah. can tell this was a cast that Eddie just didn't put together because of, hey, man, you know, I like you, or, mm-hmm. you know. You can tell this, that, that Eddie it's had... strategic. It's, exactly. You, can, you yep. can see the same artistic approach to this cast that you saw in cast like Boomerang. Exactly. And cast like Harlem Knights. There's a personal touch yes. to the people he had around him. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Which even made the movie pop off the screen even more, man. Like we can we can talk about uh, Devon Joy Randolph a little later because she deserves a conversation in and of herself. Must but Craig Robinson, Mike Epps, Keegan Mike Keegan Michael Key, mm-hmm. uh, who I didn't expect much from at all. In this I didn't movie, either, and who I never cared for before this movie. Yeah. I don't. I never. I, I haven't. I never cared for anything he did before this movie. This man again, held his own against one of the greatest in the world. Yeah. Uh, then Wesley Snipes, a, a massive uh, uh, figure in his own right. 
you know what I mean? Man. Just an artistic giant, a, a performance giant in his own right, man. The fact that he was able, and I'm going to give you the floor uh, there with this point. The fact that him and I and I heard uh, some of the, like I said I watched a lot of cast interviews uh, regarding this film, um, a lot of you know a lot of interviews with Eddie and there's one particular interview with Wesley Snipes talking about how he got this role, and I'm paraphrasing but Wesley was like man listen, I just wanted to work with the master, wow Shit, I, I just wanted to work with one of the greatest talents in the world and this is what he brought. I just wanted to do it because of the nature of what I was working with. You know, Wesley Snipes gets a bad rap, man. Especially yes. since that Blade shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Wesley yeah. Snipes rubbed white Hollywood the wrong way, going way back to Blade. Yeah. And they would like you to believe that he's a motherfucker and an asshole. And, and I'm going to say motherfucker probably a few times in this in this uh, episode. Because you have to. You know, it's, it's it's just it's my favorite compound word, and I feel like that Renee Ray Moore paid a price for us. To be, so, and it know. was used beautiful, beautifully. <laughs> it's in music both in films. this movie, man. It's music. It's yeah, music. <laughs> it's, a, it's an actual soundtrack. Wesley <laughs> Wesley has been painted as such a motherfucker and an asshole and all this type of shit. Uh, Patton Oswalt, just throwing it out there. Look him up. He's the motherfucker that has a lot to do. With, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He he shitted on Wesley, man. Uh, as, as a result of working with him in uh, I think Blade Three. I don't know which one he was in because I never saw the Blades. But uh, well, Blade Blade Trinity was the worst. Was Patton Oswalt in that movie? I don't remember. I know. Okay. I know. Um, Ryan he, he Reynolds, the expert on Wesley Snipes. You know, since he's worked with him, I guess in that film, he's been shitting on Wesley for a long time. Uh... And anyway, the reason why I'm even going in this direction is because you can tell that Wesley humbled himself for this role. Oh, yeah. But it paid off because it actually elevated him when he did that, man. Mm -hmm. Like, Eddie and Wesley played off each other and and, and created something. It, 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 was, it was, I mean, the whole, uh, what's, the, what's the dynamic? The whole enemies, uh, enemies and partners in crime type of type of dynamic, being the fact that um, that Derval Martin really was not on Rudy Raymore's team with this. He, he, he didn't believe in the whole Dolomite vision yeah. at all. Yeah. At yeah. all. You know, but at the same time, though, you can see that there was something in Wesley or in Derval that Wesley brought to the character mm -hmm. where it was like, brother, I don't like what you're doing. I don't, I'm not with this. And you, and, and it explains why uh, uh Willie Green's character in Dolomite was such an erratic character because he was coked the fuck out, apparently. Yes. And that's and that's what I got from, yeah. from what Wesley showed us with this character. Even though we never saw him do coke on screen, mm -hmm. clearly this man was coked out. Yeah. You know, he, he was giving you a coked out performance <laughs> that was toned down, but it was a really coked out performance. Yeah. But even considering that this man did not believe in the vision mm -hmm. of Dolomite, there was still something that connected he still was, he wasn't too dumb to recognize. Yeah. This man's doing something. Yeah. He's doing something. He's dedicated to it. He has energy. This shit has energy. And that scene where he came up to uh, Rudy Ray Moore's character, a Dolom the uh, Dolomite character, rather, Rudy Ray Moore in the midst of creating Dolomite on mm -hmm. set, when he came up to him, 
And because he recognized that he was, you know, that 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 he was stressed, that the project was kicking his ass, it was depleting something from him. When he went to him and told him, hey man, use everything of your life experience, everything uh-huh. to make this happen. I'm paraphrasing the, the scene, but that had, is one of the best scenes in the movie. Oh, because definitely. it shows you that even your enemies, man, will come to your aid if you're true to what you're doing. Uh-huh. And if you're dedicated to your cause, if you're dedicated to whatever it is, even those who are against you will end up helping you. Uh-huh. You know, so I'm going to let you have a little bit of it. I- I've eaten up enough of that. But yeah, man. Yeah, casting, we can talk about the casting in this movie was music. Music. It was perfect. It was it was perfect, man. I, I think, like I said earlier, um, Wesley Snipes. Um, <sighs> magnificent performance, man. Like one of his best. One of yeah, his best. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I would agree with that. He he he, like I said before, he um he did something with his character where it was like he was voicing what I was thinking watching the Dolomite movie as the director, you know? And I didn't even realize that he was a director until you told me that, um, I think the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, for him to, like you would see different scenes where, where he was like, for, for example, directing that, uh, that karate scene that was um, in that driveway. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's asking the, the, the cinematographer, you, you can't make this look like he's actually connecting with punches and kicks. And the guy's like, nah, <laughs> this is just the only right. angle I have. Right. And, and you could tell when you watch the original film, it's like, oh man, did they shoot this in one take? And 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 when you watch this movie, Rudy Ray looks back at him and goes, how 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 was that? And he's like, well, it I don't it doesn't need to be redone because he just wanted to get it over with. He was like, you know, it's like he was rushing to direct this movie. So that he can be finished with the project, right? And and you right. Can, you you saw that well toward the end where where when when he um when he, he was shot totally that totally totally disengaged. He was disengaged. Yes, yeah, yes. Totally disengaged with a with a pessimism that was was toxic. That that Rudy Ray Moore stifled that shit before it could even get you know, yeah. which is a lesson to all filmmakers that yeah, you wherever you see. <laughs> Toxicity and mm-hmm. dissension stomp that shit out as quick as possible. Yeah, because it becomes contagious. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it'll yeah. affect everything else. And Rudy was able to see that. Yeah, you know that man. Look, if I am, I'm the motherfucker with the money. If I'm able to come on set and treat people with respect and humble myself to get this job done, you would do the same thing. You have no excuse. You know, you have no excuse. And that I believe was what created the respect. Because he didn't respect Rudy Ray Moore right. or the production. Right. But that created a threshold of respect. You see what I'm saying? That if you kind of watch the movie, you'll see that Durval kind of kept that kept that distance mm-hmm. and said that shit behind his back, like like most haters do when he was talking shit to him or talking shit to the to the DP. Mm-hmm. But let's go on back to that scene though, which was a, a another one of the, one of many good scenes in this movie, but a very brilliant scene. That scene actually was filmed at the same location. Oh, the original really? Dolomite, 
film. That was because when I saw that, I was like, that is the best set production I've ever fucking seen. I mean, yeah. they they recreated a lot of this. <laughs> they did you know, for the film, but I was, when I saw that, that, that you're talking about the scene where you had the black and white mm -hmm. cap, <laughs> which is actually what the bet one of the best scenes in this movie is actually one of the worst scenes <laughs> in the original. Yeah. God did that, man. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah. He, God, God can only do that, bro. But yeah. yes, the worst scene, <laughs> the most, <laughs> the most uh, uh, mocked and dragged scene of the original Dolomite movie, where he was coming out of his home and he was met by the FBI agents and he kicked all their ass. Well, attempted mm -hmm. to kick their the ass. Um, one, like I said, one of the worst scenes in the original Dolomite is one of the best scenes in this movie. Yes. And that location, yes, bro, that's the actual location that uh, that scene was filmed in some 40 years ago. It's very amazing. That's amazing, man. Bro, even that, no, check this out, man. Eddie's, Eddie being Eddie, mm -hmm. he was able to <laughs> make Rudy Ray Moore look way more talented than he was in real life. <laughs> yes. Exceptionally more talented. I'm just, I mean, this is no diss to, because, you know, every, everybody can kind of hear that we, we developed a newfound appreciation and a, a newfound respect uh, for Rudy Ray Moore as a result of this movie. Mm -hmm. But we can all agree that he was not a good actor. Not at all. You know, that, that was definitely not something that he brought to anything in his work uh, was, was a, a great performance. But Eddie, being Eddie, really makes him look way more talented than what he was mm -hmm. and that's okay yeah that's okay because to me eddie just translated what this man's uh vision was mm -hmm. he, he just perfected it it's almost like you know we doodle something we, we, we're doodling and sketching some stuff out you know what i'm saying and we're doing it to the best of our ability but a real artist comes along and shows us you know how to you know color or paint in the lines and mm -hmm. you know how to how to, you know, whatever artists do. You know what I mean? If whatever if a real artist came along and just cor corrected and superimposed some type of perfection uh -huh. and just made the story better. Like looking at, like you said, looking at the original Dolomite and, and, and considering this, it makes the Dolomite, original Dolomite, in some weird way, a better movie. Yeah. That's just that's just my interpretation of it. Yeah. I, I, there's, n there's no other way to look at it, in my opinion. That... that... That movie was just the, maybe the, like uh, the original Batman TV show, considering what they've done with it and Christopher Nolan's generation. That would probably be the better the better way I can can yeah. kind of illustrate that. Yeah, that it's it's not like you look back at those old Batman TV shows when the graphics were you know popping up on the screen with that corny shit <laughs> Pow, and bang. ridiculous choreography <laughs> you saw in those. But fans still appreciate that shit because of the because of the history of the story. And look at what was done with it, you know, some years later with Tim Burton and Christopher Nolan and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Eddie Murphy has created a very, very beautiful tradition for us, man. Yes. And, and by being able to go back, look at our past, and just redefine it and retell it. You ain't got to redefine it. Just tell it. Mm -hmm. just, 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 just tell the story. You never know what you're going to accomplish with that, man. Yeah. I, man, I, I, I'll say who I actually, the only thing I may have an issue with with this movie is that we didn't get to see the pastor from the... Oh, man. <laughs> my movie. That, 
I just like I just want to see one scene with him in it. Like, Bro, I forgot all about that. That because he that, was my favorite part of the original Dolomite. He was my favorite character of that movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, You're right. Yeah, You're right. Yeah, that's that's probably the only thing I probably would have wanted to see uh, uh, added on to this. But that's just because that was just a he was just a funny character for that that original film. Right. Um, man, I I. I Again, I have nothing bad to say about this movie. It's hard. It's, it's it, one of those films that is re- that is really hard to criticize. Yeah, and it, hopefully it, Netflix puts the original Dolomite on on there now after this. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. If, if you go on YouTube, um, I don't think you'll find the original Dolomite, but uh, you'll find that, that it's, there's. A, I tell you what, there's a channel on YouTube, and it's called Real Black. R E E L. Yes. Black. They're, that's a, that's a channel that did a lot of uh, Dick Cheney interviews, right? Not Dick. Dick, Greg, Dick, Dick Gregory. Gregory. Yeah, Dick yeah, Cheney. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, I, I believe they did. I believe they did have a lot of his stuff on there. Yeah. But uh, on that particular channel, they got a lot of old black movies, man, like obscure shit. That's really? stuff I had never heard of. Yeah, that were black movies, particularly like starting in the six, starting in the sixties up until especially the seventies. There's a lot of stuff you'll find on there in the seventies. But anyway. They're starting to release material from that era mm-hmm. that is related to the Dolomite, uh, you know, universe, so to speak. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and actually, I had started listening to an album that Lady Reed put out in 71. Really? Yeah, I started listening to it. I think it was called Will the Real Dick Rise or some shit like that. <laughs> but... uh <laughs> Just, just yeah, something I would have never done. Yeah, something I would have never <laughs> listened to or entertained. You know, outside of a film like this, giving me the curiosity to go back and see, man, what was going on in this era. Mm-hmm. That's how you know you get a good biopic, in my yes. judgment. Yes, that is the that is the merit of a true biopic. When you watch it, and it ignites a curiosity in you, in whatever the subject or whatever time of that era. I remember uh, developing a an interest in Tina Turner, Ike and Tina Turner, as a result of what's love got to do with it. I remember uh, developing yeah. a real interest in uh, Ray Charles as a result of the movie Ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what good biopics are supposed to do. Yes, this movie is probably the best at doing that that I've experienced. That it just really gave me a curiosity for that era. And if people go back and listen to our Dolomite episode, we're just gonna be honest and transparent. Mm-hmm. When people go back and listen to our Dolomite episode, they will be able to see we didn't take that movie very seriously after walking away from it. Well, I think I think the conclusion we we definitely spoke a little bit about what we're talking about now in terms of how inspirational it was if you uh if you look at it and study it for what it was. Right, right. And not pick it apart in terms of saying, Oh, they choreography sucked, uh, the lines are corny. Right, certain right. situations didn't seem realistic, like like uh, Lady, um, was it Lady Lady Reed? Lady Reed, Queen B. Queen B. When she goes and and gets Dolomite out of jail because she's friends with the uh, with the uh, warden or something like that, like situations like that aren't realistic. But and it's easy to take to tear those apart and dissect those and say, oh, this wasn't good, but. I think at the end of that episode, we definitely did come to the conclusion that it was it was definitely a, a very important piece for us to study um, right. as as filmmakers. And 
I that only I think this movie only heightened that for me. Right. It it only made that even more apparent. Like, oh yes, this is this is critical. This is a critical piece of film. Um, that 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 filmmakers and like you said, anyone that's in any other uh any other type uh, type of field to go back and watch and use as inspiration to move forward. You know, and yeah. and that that was. I hope people go back and, and listen to that Dolomite episode because that was um. I think we're 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 pretty consistent with what we were saying back then. It right, was, right. It wasn't a good yeah. movie. It wasn't a good movie. <laughs> but, right, but but when we first approached it, remember we well, I think I did. You know, it was like, man, you know, <laughs> we kind of there was a lot that we laughed at. Oh, there's a well. lot to be laughed. You at. know, there's a lot. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but you're right. You're right. We we walked away from it. You know, understanding what the movie meant. Mm-hmm. And I guess I should say that this movie really solidified that, yeah, that what we walked away with was pretty was pretty accurate. It was a genuine feeling. Yeah. That it was it was a lot of earnest love and passion for what they wanted to communicate, particularly Rudy Ray Moore, what he wanted to communicate to his people. You know what I mean? Because that's mm-hmm. one thing you walk away with too from this movie, or you'll see in this movie. He really wasn't concerned about being uh, massively accepted by everybody. He was doing his shit for his people, for mm-hmm. those who fucked with him and right. what he was doing. And he knew that there were others out there that fucked with him. He really wasn't worried about trying to, you know, convince anybody or or, or bring over anybody into his 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 art or his communication or his expression. He he knew that he already had that. Right. He had people are waiting on this. You know what I mean? He did the research. He was from the community or from the the area or whatever. I mean, he understood that, man, people don't have a problem getting their entertainment raw and uncut. Exactly. The way I do it. And, you know, they should have a right to that. They, you know, do that shit. Yeah. Phenomenal, yeah. man. Phenomenal. Yeah. I want to even go back. Go ahead. I want to go back to the to that other scene because it was one of the, one of the, uh, one of the funniest parts of the movie was in that scene we just talked about at that home. Um where the FBI just ran up on him for the first time. <laughs> yeah. And, Go ahead. And how and how and how Eddie just he kept it he he pretty much recreated the lack of acting ability that yes that Rudy Ray Moore had, you know what I mean? Perfectly. I, I, I thought that shit that's that's the genius of Eddie Murphy, bro. Yes. That's the genius of Eddie Murphy, the genius of Eddie Murphy where he was he was being honest with the character. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Still, still totally entertaining though. Still, you know, still, Very. <laughs> still totally entertaining. But he was honest with the character, even down to the to the delayed uh, response when, when they were reading the lines, and you could tell he was thinking <laughs> of his lines and, and trying to remember his lines. And yeah, the little, the, the the little body ticks, you know, after he would kick somebody's ass, and mm-hmm. how Rory Moore would kind of be like, you know, kind of shake a little bit. After you know, it it was it was just the way he recreated that character, bro. I you really saw it in that scene. You really saw it in that scene. That's that's why I agree I was, with that. I agree with that. I, I um. I I don't know. This to me, there's nothing. That, like I said before, you can't say anything bad about this movie, and 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 you can't say enough about it. It's just like this was the perfect. This, to me, this is probably the perfect biopic that I've yeah. ever seen. 
Yeah. That I've ever seen. Like, like I, I told you before, like how how um when I went to go see Birth of a Nation, thought it was a great movie, um, but there's so much more that Nate Parker could have put in that movie. There's so much yeah. more he could have brought out of the Nate, uh, the Nat Turner character. Oh yeah, there's yeah, that so movie, much. That more. movie was pretty skinny. Yeah, yeah, and and the ending was just like, oh my god, that was, that was that. I don't even know what that was, but I I left that movie, like, awakened. Like, oh right. man, this is this is this is this is real. And right. and but I still found holes in it. The, right. the the only thing I could say about this movie was that they didn't have the, the, the pastor from the from the original Dolomite movie. Like that's literally it. That and TI's wig. But that is it. That this <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing to poke at with this movie. This... It, it it was distracting. That was a little distracting. Yeah. But um, but yeah, man. That there, there, there's very little criticism that that you can point at this movie. Let's talk about this cast a little bit yeah. too before before we wrap this up. But um, I will say this though before we get into that, that Davis Entertainment. I don't know who this company is. Ah, uh, yeah. But uh, I'm gonna keep my eye on them. But apparently, that's the and they're the only production company listed, from what I see. Them and Netflix. You know, Netflix, of course, is the money behind the, the project. Mm-hmm. But um, Davis Entertainment. I don't know who they are. I want to send much appreciation to whoever the hell they are, and I'm gonna definitely keep my eye out for whatever they do from this point on. So that's uh, that's something I, I did want to mention because I had never heard of this production company. Uh, yeah, me either. You know, Me either. that 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 is a great point, because um, you you would think that that um, a guy of of Eddie Murphy's um, prestige right. would go to a uh, like a well known production company. But he couldn't get it made. But he couldn't get it made. And, yeah, it's, and you know what? And you know what? That's the same thing that right. that Rudy Ray Moore went through. You know, right. he couldn't get it made. He couldn't get it. He couldn't get anyone to to produce his film. And that that that's amazing in and of itself that Eddie Murphy ran into the same issues. Right, right. Yeah, he couldn't get it made. This movie was uh, was in the making for about sixteen years, I think he said. But that just goes to show you that that not all of these big name studio companies know what the hell they're doing. Right. You know. Right. Like some some of the best movies that I've seen. Don't even come from uh, Warner Brothers or Universal. They're, they're they're from smaller production companies, and there's something to be said about that. I think I think right. we're now living in the in the day and age where independent film companies and studios are 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 on the same level as the big names because we don't have to go through anyone to get our 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 products made. You know, we don't right. have to, we don't have to do that anymore. Absolutely, we can just put it out ourselves. Well, I think you used the term earlier in the conversation, uh, "Black Hollywood." I think I think yeah. that term might have been used, and I hate that term. I think yeah. we don't we don't need a new Hollywood. Hollywood is decadent. Uh, Hollywood is racist. Yeah. Holly, Hollywood is well. I put it like this: Hollywood was built and fed and nurtured on racism. Mm-hmm. I put it out there like that, um, and I, I don't I don't really care for for Hollywood. I think that we as uh, particularly black talent, you know, black artistic 
devoted people. Um, we need to really make a concentrated effort to tell our own stories and, and put our own, uh, I don't even want to call it Hollywood, but create our own industry exactly. to enable us to do that. You know, and this whole Hollywood thing is what's throwing us off is because we still esteem that idea of Hollywood. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm talking about our people. Mm -hmm. We still esteem the idea of Hollywood. We still aspire to please Hollywood in many respects and be accepted by Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And that's that goes for some of the greatest entertainers among us, um, alive right now. Yeah. But until we can separate ourselves from that and just determine to do our own thing and, and tell our own stories, then uh, you know we're going to constantly run into movies like this, which are. Sixteen years too late, oh, and, you know, so. or being held up, you know, or being, you know, caught up in politics of, of what some European who really doesn't give a shit, <laughs> in yeah, the, about our story or those who want to hear them. So yeah, yeah, that's just that's just my opinion on that. No, I I completely agree with that. That's that's yeah. one of the reasons why I backed away from trying to get in. Like yeah, when I when I was. Because I've been in media production, God, almost 10 years now. And mm -hmm. before I even started to, you know, try and do anything with it, I'm, my, my, my mindset was, oh, man, one day I'm going to be a, a director on, on, on these big films and stuff like that. And, and I want to do this, that, and the other in Hollywood. And I even thought about it, man, I want I want a star on the Walk of Fame and all that. Like, mm -hmm. I'm at the point now where I don't care about any of that, man. I just want to put my stuff out, right? And and, and right. build my brand the right way. And if you if you if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. You, I mean, right. I don't care. I don't care. And and I think that's one of the reasons why this movie, um, this movie hit me so hard is because oh man, like I know I, the 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 feelings that Eddie Murphy brought to Rudy Ray Moore's character, um. You know, like feeling that that exile uh, 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 feeling or or that um, that rejection, like you're not good enough to get into this industry. Right. Like, I've I've felt that. You know. Right. And, right. And, and and it's hard when when you go through that kind of stuff. But I think that's that was one of the reasons why I connected with this so much is because man, I've been there. You know. Right. And and, and that meant a lot to me. You know, seeing seeing that that final, uh, 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 that 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 he actually made it, like right. seeing that, I was like, oh my god, man, right, my god. And I, I honestly, until I watched this movie, I did not know how big Rudy Ray Moore actually got. And they're, like they're saying, like he's you know the Godfather of rap and stuff like. That. I, my God, I didn't, I never picked up on that. I like I said, well, because uh, we're we're both in our thirties. I'm in my late thirties. You're close for, uh closer to your early 30s yeah. so we're both outside of the the uh the generation a little bit of Ray Moore uh -huh. um I like I said in the double my episode I remember him vaguely as a kid watching those old 70s uh black exploitation as they call them uh -huh. movies when they came on the superstation as it was known as here in Atlanta those who are old school Atlanta natives you know, my OG Atlanta cats know what I'm talking about, about that superstation. That was yeah. WCW back in the day when it was really, when you, <laughs> yeah. when you saw, you saw real wrestling, right? Yeah. 
So uh, between WCW, the Atlanta Braves, and Sanford and Son, then uh, you they would show maybe a black movie, a Cotton Comes to Harlem, or uh, Shaft, and all that type of shit. Mm-hmm. Late, you know, in late in the evening, and uh, one of those movies one night was Dolomite. They showed a very stripped down version of Dolomite oh, one night, and I didn't know what. Again, like Eddie said, I didn't know what the fuck I was watching. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> You know, yeah. But um, but I do recall, you know, seeing later on they, that that Dolomite, excuse me, Ray Moore, got a uh, acknowledgement from time to time. He was a much older man. As a matter of fact, you probably don't remember him. He was in Baps. Robert Townsend gave him a, a really? pretty, yeah. Robert Townsend. He was a much older man at this time. But uh, yeah, uh, Robert Townsend cast him in a small part in Baps. Um, Martin, when Martin was a hit TV show on Fox, um, I think that Players Ball episode might have had Rudy Ray Moore in that episode. I could be wrong. That's interesting. But, but I want to say Martin. Yeah, so he got he got uh, brief moments of acknowledgement late in life. He did, and, and Snoop Dogg. And I'm not a fan of Snoop uh-huh. um, for reasons I guess we'll get into a, another time on this podcast. But uh, I, I just don't care for Snoop. But yeah. uh, but I will say that I appreciate him early on uh-huh. when he was, you know, pretty much still at the height of his success. Early on, uh, Snoop did give uh, give Ray Moore a lot of credit as the godfather of rap. And I want to say nobody was even talking like that uh, outside of Snoop Dogg. I don't think anybody was even really talking about Ray Moore being the godfather of being the godfather of rap. Uh, before Snoop Dogg or besides Snoop Dogg. So he gets, you know, he gets my respect for that. And he, and he was pretty good in this movie. He was only 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 two scenes, uh-huh. but, um, you know, he was good in the movie. And I like the way Craig Brewer kept that tradition of, because, um, you know, Craig Brewer, people may not be familiar with Craig Brewer. Craig Brewer is the director of the critically acclaimed uh, Hustle and Flow. Film. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. He directed Hustle and Flow, and it's. Uh, I want to say he produced uh, another film, Legal Tender, the uh, uh, Hispanic crime uh, film. I think it's called Legal Tender. But anyway, Craig Brewer and John Singleton, you know, were mm-hmm. working. I think John Singleton produced Craig Brewer, uh, particularly for Hustle and Flow. So there's a tradition that I, I see Craig that, you know, he, he is kind of mirroring from John Singleton, and that is the tradition of casting rappers in these in these uh, uh, yeah. films, you yeah. know. Yeah. So so I think that would explain T.I.'s wig a little bit better. Okay. That, you know. That makes that, sense. That, uh, that uh, yeah, he, he, there's a tradition that John Singleton started where he gave uh, hip-hop artists, rappers, opportunities to act in, in major motion pictures. You know, that you we gotta give John Singleton that nod. And Craig Brewer is keeping up that tradition by uh by casting, you know, with cast like casting people like Snoop Dogg and T. I and in a film like this. That's 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 a touch that was uh, reminiscent of John Singleton, in my judgment. So I appreciated that part of the movie. You know, I appreciate that because if it wasn't for the the chance that John Singleton took on rappers, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have Ice Cube, possibly. Yeah, the way we do, you yeah. know. And, and consider the contributions he brought to 
to film. So yeah. I like the fact that he did that. I, I didn't have an issue with seeing, uh, you know, Tip's wig. And, you know, I, I, I understood it for what it was. I thought the beard piece was a lot better than the... It, uh, it was excessive. The, I mean... The beard was better than the hair itself. <laughs> that, that was... that Like, he could have just done the beard and I would have been fine with it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I I, uh, I I agree with what you're saying. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, since we're talking about the cast, yeah, man, uh, got to talk about, again, just while we, you know, wrap this up, got to talk about Keegan-Michael uh, Keegan Michael Key. I don't know why I want to keep putting Peel on his name, but I realized <laughs> Key and Peel. He, was, he was Key and Okay, I'm like, yeah. damn, why am yeah. I <laughs> the Peel? What the fuck is up with this Peel shit? But yeah, all right, yeah. Keegan Michael Key. All right. Yeah. Uh, like I said, never really cared for him and didn't really like the Key and Peel show. Um, didn't care for the cat movie. Him and Jordan Peel did something about a cat that was, I don't know what the fuck that was. I but... didn't even watch it. Yeah, so I, I I had no relationship to to his work before this. I will say though, man, this dude right here held his own. He definitely held his, did. Held his own. I mean, he all of them did. Really, yeah. I, I say that about all. All of them held held their own up against the greatest talent in the world. One of the greatest talents in the world with Eddie Murphy. All of them very much held their own. But yeah, I, um, his his role really gave a lot of clarity as to like what we were talking about. I think before with the Dolomite episode, we might have mentioned that there was really no real acting talent in that movie at all, <laughs> except for the cop. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, he had the most uh, actor aura <laughs> yeah. than anybody, and it makes sense now watching this movie. This movie, because this movie, like you said, answers so many questions. This movie is pretty much like a sequel component almost mm -hmm. to Dolomite. I mean it brings so much clarity to, to these to the characters that we saw in the original film. Mm -hmm. Um and we discovered from uh Keegan Michael Key's Jerry character that he was actually invested in the craft of acting. He was actually an actor. Yeah. That's why he came off so poised and polished in, in Dolomite. <laughs> yeah. Like, but uh yeah, yeah he, he was excellent. Mike Epps, I mean uh just, uh, I mean, for, this is one thing I noticed. I'll say this about Mike Epps, what Mike Epps reminds me of. Mm. For there to be some solid comedians in this movie, there was some solid, like, flat-footed comedians in this movie. Yeah. And outside of Eddie Murphy, I mean, you got to talk about Chris Rock is in this movie. Mm -hmm. uh, Mike Epps, uh, Linnell, you yeah. know, Linnell is in this movie. But considering well, she that, did a phenomenal job. Excellent job playing uh, Dolomite's uh, or Rudy Ray Moore's aunt. Yeah. Um, for for this movie to have the comedic weight that it did, and this is not a criticism, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. This really wasn't a funny movie. Yeah. You know, and, and that's yeah. not again, that's not a, a criticism. That's there's nothing wrong with that because the the tone of the movie was perfect. Oh, absolutely there was, perfect. There was humor in the movie, mm -hmm. without a doubt. But this wasn't like a, if you if you're gonna watch this thinking you're gonna get a. a Nutty professor performance out of Eddie Murphy or anything like that, then you're gonna be let down. Oh yeah, you're gonna be let down because comedy was not was not a big element in this movie. Mm -hmm. But considering the talent, man, it works. 
it works. Like everything about this movie works. The drama, mm-hmm. the, the humor, the balance they play between all those, it works, man. It does. And um that that's a result that's a result of, of talent like Mike Epps, man, who is a comedian, but he wasn't being a comedian. He wasn't that guy in this movie. You know yeah. what I mean? It was re- this is probably the best acting Mike Epps has did. I I'm be honest, I've <laughs> never been a huge Mike Epps fan. Right. I've I've never been a huge Mike Epps fan. It's like he's he's he kind of like to me it's like he always does the like the same roles in in uh, many of his projects and i'm just like i you know i've had enough of it once you've seen it one time you you've pretty much seen them all well and i like Mike, man i like Mike. it's not it's not Mike. A, it's not a slight against him i'm just saying like in, in in a lot of the movies that i've seen him in they seem to be like the same type of roles um i didn't know he had this range which now makes me want to see him as richard pryor completely like yeah. you do a biopic with Mike Epps as Richard Pryor, and you do it in this way, where we we see you know Pryor, um, you know becoming uh becoming himself as as a comedian, uh uh, uh acting in Harlem Nights, like like I would like to see his biopic done this way with Mike Epps, right? Like I actually right. I didn't know Mike Epps had this range. And and I didn't know Keegan Michael Key had that range, and now that I see it, I want to see them both out of this this comedian box, um, and and venture out more like 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 when when Jim Carrey did uh, the number twenty three, you know it was it was it was interesting because that was his first like dramatic role, and he absolutely killed it. You know, like before yeah. that, you, oh, yeah. when you when you would see him, you would think of Ace Ventura, you would think of the Mask, you like you would think of In Living Color, but but when he did that role, you weren't even thinking about those projects. You were literally thinking about the character he was bringing to the screen, and I now, I really do hope that we see this Richard Pryor film, uh, uh, uh come out with Mike Epps as Richard Pryor. Yeah. I want to see that. Yeah. I want to yeah. see that cuz cuz the 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 drama that he had in his life, you know, telling his story, that would be phenomenal. Yeah, I think we can trust Mike Epps with Richard Pryor. I can trust him. I, I, I agree yes. with you on that. I can trust I'm him. glad to see Craig Robinson in a movie with some black folks for a change. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like yes. Craig Robinson. Um yeah. but he was starting to get in that weird lane that some black actors and talents get into where Mm -hmm. you really don't see them uh working with other black people you see them all you know kind of like that bald head guy uh who was in 40 year old version he's i think he's bald now in movies (laughs) but the one black guy that was in 40 year old version i don't even know his Uh, name uh i know who you're talking about i think Um, the only black film he did was that steve harvey bullshit uh get a man be be a woman bullshit Uh, uh God, yeah. I know, but, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but that guy, I don't, I don't know his name, but um, yeah, I don't really like that. That, that's, you know, that's <laughs> those, those. I mean, no diss, no diss, but hey, man, this is no chase, bro. Shit. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't like when you got those black actors, and the only time you see them is that black guy, Romney Malco. Okay, him. Yeah. Yeah. He's always yeah. the black guy in the white movie. Yes. In most cases, and Craig Robinson was kind of becoming that guy for yes. a minute. Um, so it's good to see him, you know, he, he's a, he has 
talent, man. He's a talent that a, a genuine talent. Yeah. And but you don't see it, you know, like you like you do in this movie, man. And when right. you watch, you know, now he did do a movie. Uh, let me back up. He did do a movie. Uh, I think it's called Morris in America or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was a very small, small movie though. Okay. It's him and it's him and he plays a. But even that movie's weird because he plays a, a black soccer coach who goes to another damn country, I think Switzerland, with his black son. <laughs> so, yeah, I, yeah. So, yeah, man, it's good to see Craig Robinson among his own, man, doing, yes. some, doing some acting among his own people. He did a phenomenal fucking job in this movie, man. Yeah. I want to see him act among his own a little bit more. I want to see him up against other black talent more often. Yeah. Because he, he he's, he's a good actor, man. Yeah. You know, he's a, a great comedic talent. I just don't want to see him be the black guy in all the in yeah. all this. Yeah, like he was a black guy in the office. The black, well, one of the two. Yeah, he was. He was office. becoming that guy. He was becoming yeah. the go-to black guy for you know for these white productions, these white films, and yeah, I didn't like that. You know, I yeah. didn't like that about him for a long time. So I'm glad he broke from that with this. Yes, uh, Titus Burgess, who I didn't know. Um, outside of that show, Kimmy Schmidt, which I did try to watch for like a season. I watched a season of it. Yeah, that's one of those shows you watch at work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched it, yeah. and but I, I didn't, I didn't follow it in my own time too much. Yeah, but uh, he, he was pretty funny in it. You know, if you if you into the into the into that particular role for mm-hmm. a black man to play, we'll yeah. address that another day. It's not the day for that conversation. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I liked him in this movie. I liked him in this movie, and uh, I, I will tell you this though. I'm wondering, this is just my my wonder <laughs> in my imagination uh. as far as watching this film. But, um, okay, I'll say it like this. If you notice, <laughs> uh, Rudy Ray Moore didn't really have a lot of sexuality in his personal life that we saw in this movie. Right. Outside of the, the sexuality that he had in his act and on screen when he was, you know, making the movie, Dolomite, they didn't have a love interest for him in this movie at all. That is very and, true. Um, there was really, yeah, there was. He had practically no love life in this movie. However, uh, Tony Titus Burgess, who was obviously a homosexual, mm-hmm. this, he was pretty, pretty vocal homosexual in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, they spent a lot of time together, you know, and he confided a lot in him in this movie. That is so interesting. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if the film is giving us an undertone. That Eddie was maybe, in a, excuse me, I'm sorry. That Rudy Ray Moore was maybe <laughs> in a, a homosexual relationship with this guy. I'm just putting it out That's there. That's an interesting take. I'm just putting it out there because he didn't. Because you could see when when they were doing the sex scenes in the actual Dolomite movie. We talked about this on that episode. How the the sex scenes were only uninvested. Yeah, like he, he he didn't even kiss. He didn't kiss her breast or anything like that. He just like totally, touched it. Yeah. And it was it was a weird. That is a very, very good observation. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and, and, and I there's didn't even a think of that. There, there's a little history out there. I'm not gonna say it's it's, it's it's formally documented, but there's talk online if you want to look up the history of Rudy Ray Moore that a lot of people believe he was a bisexual man. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I just kind of walked away with that 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 little undertone that okay, are they trying to show us a relationship, uh, but yet not tell us a relationship? But it is odd. Even when Eddie was um, 
even when it wasn't gonna say it was odd, but it was just, you know, it just stood out to me. I'll put it like that. It uh -huh. stood out to me. Even when Eddie was um expressing to Lady Reed the uh the performance by that the divine Joy Randolph, even when Eddie was expressing to Lady Reed how nervous he was about the sex scene he had coming up that he had oh, to film. Oh yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like yeah. he wasn't at all invested in 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 that in his in his personal life that from what we saw from the character. And I'm wondering if there was, you know, any relationship that that they didn't address with that. That is very interesting. I Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, man, but uh Titus Titus Burgess, man, excellent performance. Yeah. Uh, I was glad to see Barry Shabaka Henley, who uh you probably don't know by name, but you definitely know his face. He's the poker face guy that's that's in a lot of movies. He was the uh the dude that uh Tom Cruise killed in the jazz club in collateral. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. He I know played theater. Yeah, I was glad to see him. I like him. He's one of my yeah. favorites. Yeah. I haven't uh, seen him in a while. Yeah, we can't talk about uh, Wesley enough. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and put it out there, and and, and go ahead and, and just give your your take on some of this. I don't want to run away with all the no, the commentary no. on the act, man. But Wesley Snipes, man, in my in my judgment, definitely needs to be considered for a best supporting actor. Him and uh, Divine Joy Randolph. Yeah. Best supporting, yeah, uh, without a doubt, man. Because um, you would you would normally see a, a female uh, um, role that she played that would more so be like the love interest or something like that, right? And she just she was just his friend. Man, I saw her, and I wanted to save her and Wesley for last because they to me, I mean Eddie was masterful as we all knew as i knew going into yeah. it that's that's saying nothing yeah um eddie this, without a question she'd be considered for best actor and they are they are talking about it there is oscar buzz around this film it should be and and eddie but um and and he should get it from from far as i'm concerned from what i've seen so far he should get it mm -hmm. so that's that's a given but um divine joy randolph and Wesley Snipes, uh, going back to Divine Joy Randolph, though, I, I saw an interview where she did, where she was saying that, um, you know, how hard she tried for this role and, and some of the things she went through uh, to get this role. But when that scene came up where, you know, uh, Rudy Ray Moore was picking her up, they were on the way to the premiere for the film, mm -hmm. for the Dolomite film, and she was just expressing her appreciation and her gratitude to Rudy, to Rudy mm -hmm. for in, seeing and investing and just uh, developing that talent and developing something in her that she had never seen before on screen, mm -hmm. that, you, that you don't see on screen. This is the character mm -hmm. of Lady Reed talking to Rudy Ray Moore. She, and she said that as she was performing that scene, she said that scene was completely authentic to her oh, because wow. that's how she really felt about Eddie Murphy. You know what I'm saying? So it was nothing oh, for her to really yeah. translate that scene. And that's why that scene was so beautiful. You, you man. can feel but it. That's, you can feel it, man. That was one of the, I mean, it was a lot of great scenes in this damn movie, man. The scene, yeah. uh, like I said, that was filmed at the actual 
location where the original Dolomite was shot when he beat up the FBI agents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the scene where they actually tore down the bed, they tore down the cylinder or whatever, <laughs> yeah. the, the sex scene, which was not in the original Dolomite. That's yeah. one thing about this movie that people who really know Dolomite, you're going to catch that. Yeah. That every scene that they, that, that they were uh, reenacting or creating to, 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 to tell how they made the movie Dolomite was not actually in the film Dolomite. That sex scene was actually in another Ray Moore film. I think they came after Dolomite. Yeah. But that scene is so iconic <laughs> to the Dolomite, you know, uh, the Dolomite universe or whatever mm-hmm. that uh, they recreated it, which is a scene that I love because if you listen, if you watch that scene again, there, I'm telling you, listen to it again, you will hear the, the, the traditional, the famous Eddie Murphy laugh come out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah. they, they they really was cracking up and having a ball on that fucking scene. They were yeah. really having a good time filming that. Hey, you know what's funny though? When I was watching the scene, it um because they were they were showing so much of the behind the scenes uh uh perspective, I felt like I was actually on set. So yes. I did yes. not laugh until they said cut. Yeah. <laughs> which i don't know if that's yeah. just just a habit or if that's that's, that's it, second nature it's yeah. second nature yeah it's like yeah. it was just like i was trying not to laugh trying not to laugh and and and, and wesley wesley yeah <laughs> you know when he said cut and told them but that shit was funny that you know yeah, how, yeah. How, how, how that went yeah bro i believe that shit was there was not a whole lot of acting going on there wasn't uh, i believe i'm telling you will hear the eddie murphy uh traditional you'll hear that shit <laughs> you'll hear it in that scene that's how yeah. y'all have y'all having too much damn fun man yeah i would have but, loved uh, to have been on that that crew that that scene right there man uh one of my favorites and then even coming back up to this particular scene with uh, Lady Reed and, and Rudy, and she's expressing that gratitude before they get in that limo to go watch to, to attend the premiere of that movie. Uh, when that when that when that sister Devon Joy Randolph said that that was a real moment in her life that she was communicating to him, mm-hmm. I believed it, man. Like I, yeah. I that I can, yeah, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, her life will, will never yeah. be the same after this after this movie. Yeah, I, and, and it shouldn't be. We should see her and 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 a lot more. Yeah. And matter of fact, it's Wesley, and I just want to close this out on Wesley because Wesley, Wesley, Wesley Snipes, man. Well done, Wesley Snipes, bro. I mean, I, I, I'm he, he. I clap in reference to him. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I give all applause to him. Even though there, this was a, a ensemble. I mean, this was a great ensemble, man. This, the, the whole cast was just fucking phenomenal. But when I talk about Wesley, man, I gotta say Wesley's was the was the standout performance in this movie. Most definitely. Uh, he he brought an energy to this movie that was it 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 was it was it it it, it was us. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 you don't want to want to. You really don't want to say that because Wesley, at the same time, was a uh, adversary, so to speak. You know, he really wasn't on board with it. Mm-hmm. But you know, when I look at it in a bigger, when, in the, the bigger scheme of this film, mm-hmm. there was no say uh, anti-hero one, an, you know, person, so character, no anti-hero character. Yeah, there was no antagonist character in this movie. The 
anti-hero or the antagonist in this movie was rejection. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Yes. The antagonist in this movie was uh, disbelief or whatever. And even though Wesley had the embodiment, you know, as, as far as the character, he embodied that mm-hmm. in a way, you can't really say that he was totally against Rudy Ray Moore in this movie. You can't say that he was just an enemy or just a real, uh, you know, uh, a negative distraction in this movie because he was there, he was present, well, and he kind of served as the audience a little bit. Well, so I have only one question. Yeah. How much of this do you think was uh, DeVille's, like, wanting to support him versus wanting to prove what he can do. Because when you remember when they met in the strip club um, mm-hmm. and they were asked, they were saying, oh, yeah, you're from this movie, you're from that movie, but you're, you, you, you play, like, a small role. I have an entertainment lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> I have an agent. You just can't walk up to me because you just met me in the strip joint. <laughs> my my bad yes. interpretation. Of that no, scene. no, that was I good. Love, love, love that scene. <laughs> I have an entertainment lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but how much of this was that he wanted to support um, uh, Rudy Ray Moore versus prove them wrong? Well, you know what I think. I think that for one, Rudy Rudy Ray Moore was smarter than him. Because he played oh, significantly. He played to his ego. Mm-hmm. And I think Rudy knew that. I think this guy is an asshole. Uh, this guy has a massive ego, and I could use that. Yes. And he did, which is why he was uh, now. And, and, and that, that, again, this goes to the genius of Rudy Ray Moore is that he knew that, okay, not only am I going to appeal to your ego. <laughs> And get and cash you as a director that you're not going to direct the movie because it was my movie. But I'm gonna appeal to your ego, and cash you as a director, and also cast you as my nemesis in the movie yes. because I know that that's the energy that you that you operating in with me. And that is interesting. Yeah, yeah, and yes. I and I don't think that that was coincidence. I think that was purely intentional. And as far as uh, Duraval's uh, role. I believe that he was operating out of ego, operating out of self-interest, but at the same time had a level of respect. Yeah. For him. Yeah. And that's why the scene of him going and and, and it's man, we can go another hour with this. That's, we got to wrap this, man, cuz we can go. <laughs> because bro, another another tone of this movie that I love, bro, is that it showed that we can be black mm-hmm. and we can work our shit out. Mhm. You know, we can be black. We can be in business. We can, we can, we can, we could uh, work in, in cooperation with each other. We can fall out and we can disagree. Yes. And we can fix that shit and get the job done. We have to. I mean, that 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 was a, a one of the one of the most significant themes of this film. Yeah. And Wesley Snipes carried that and 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 gave an image of that brilliantly brilliantly that man listen i'm not with this ridiculous shit you're doing um i'm a real actor i have an entertainment lawyer <laughs> all right but i see you i recognize in you something that i can respect as a brother yeah 
So let me take something that this white man gave me that I saw from working on this because John he mentioned John Cassavetes in this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know about John Cassavetes, uh, D, but John Cassavetes was a uh, was a white guy, an Italian guy. He was also a film an actor who um, had a passion for filmmaking. And he's considered one of the most, uh, or one of the earliest, I should say, independent filmmakers, truly independent filmmakers, because John Cassavetes was one of those acting talents that would work on a lot of shitty-ass movies as an actor, mm. but take profits from those movies and make his own movies. Ah. You know I'm saying? And there's actually a film of his that we're going to discuss on this podcast in, in the next couple of, in, in the coming weeks. But, um, but yeah, man, so, so when... Derval went to him and said, "Man, I worked on the set with John Cassavetes, right? Right? <laughs> okay, so he he meaning that this dude ain't stupid. Derval ain't dumb. He's watching. Yes, he's white man work. You see what I'm yes. saying? Yes, he's taking from these experiences, and he said, okay, I see something in you, brother, and let me invest something in you that I got while I was out here. That was a beautiful fucking scene, man. You can play that scene small if you want, but." That's those are moments you don't see among black men on screen very often. Yes, you know what I mean. We, that we can be against each other, we can be uh, standoffish with each other, but when it comes down to business and when it comes down to us, me wanting to see you succeed, I'm gonna pause that shit. Mm-hmm. I'm, gonna invest, I'm gonna invest this in you. I'm gonna get back to not giving a fuck about this shit. I'm gonna get back to where I was though. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna pause that for the cause and and invest something in you as a brother, man, Wesley. So anyway, I'm glad he made this movie, Eddie. I'm glad yes. Eddie made the movie, and I'm glad he made the way he did. We might have to do a, a, a little bit about Dolomite when we do the introduction to our next episode. Okay. You know, comparing yeah. the notes, because there's so much to be said about this movie. I guess it's obvious after listening to us talk about it for uh, over, how long we've we been rocking now? About an hour and a half, close to oh, an hour and a half. Yeah. It's obvious that we recommend it. Um. Go ahead and, and 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 give your closing thoughts, Derek. I know I dominated a little bit of that last part. No, nah, you're good, man. Um, I I don't know what else to add. <laughs> go see the movie if you have not seen this movie. Go watch it's on the Netflix. original. It's, yeah, this is on Netflix. Go watch the original. Watch the original Dolomite, and yes. then watch this because watch the, I, in that order. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's absolutely necessary to watch it in that order because you have more appreciation for what Eddie Murphy just did, and you will have significantly more appreciation for what Rudy Ray Moore did and went through. And I did not know a thing about Rudy Ray Moore until you suggested we watch the original film. Yes, and I am for this for this film for this film. For, yes, right. And and I am extremely appreciative of you suggesting that one because that movie serves as as not only inspiration but like a a, a format of just not giving a damn, right? And going and, and, for it. And, and and it kills this this toxic uh, fucked up toxic stereotype that black people can't work together. Yeah. And how we are yes we can work together if we come into work. And also what black films look like. Yes, this is this this is a black movie, but yes. it doesn't have none of the tradi- the Hollywood bull because we're talking about Hollywood, you know, in this mm-hmm. movie. It doesn't have none of the Hollywood bullshit. 
and stereotypes. And remember, we were talking about how in the last Dolomite episode, how you had Dolomite busting a gun at a white man, yeah. making him dance and killing him. And laughing. And laughing. <laughs> like, Hollywood would never give you no shit like that. Yeah. Hollywood really didn't give you this in many respects. This this film, Dolomite is my name. Mm-hmm. You know, we can say that, okay, Netflix and, you know, all right, and that's white money. Okay, that's that's a technicality we can, we can look at. But in, 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 a, in a real... And I'm just going to say spiritual sense. Mm-hmm. Hollywood didn't give us this movie. No. Uh-oh, not I at see, all. I see poor connection on my Skype. I hope that. Okay. No, I guess we, okay. But yeah, Hollywood didn't give us this movie. No. You know? So um, and, this and movie. You, and you can see what we can accomplish. Exactly. If we work together and, and, and put ego aside. Exactly. That, that was what, that was the, the biggest, um, uh, uh, thing that I took away from Rudy Ray Moore yes. after watching this movie. Put yes. ego aside and just work. Yes. And, and 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 work in in as a unit, like not against each other. Yes. You know. Yes. I, so I know. Uh, this there's nothing else I can say about this. Yeah, I think I think that we kind of I think I've left it all on the field with this one too, man. But this this is a great movie. Uh, I definitely recommend it to the society. I definitely recommend it to anybody who is a filmmaker, uh, artist of any type, but particularly a filmmaker mm-hmm. that's struggling to get their art made, that's struggling to really uh, get their art taken seriously. Yeah. Watch this movie. Watch yeah. this movie. Uh, Dolomite is my name. It's on Netflix. There should be some Academy Award attention coming this way. Excellent acting, excellent cast. Um, oh, we can't forget the costume, and we gotta mention the legendary uh, uh, Ruthie Carter. God, I, I, I hate I don't know her name off the top of my head. I want to actually find it, but Ruthie Carter. She did the uh, costume for Black Panther. Oh yes. 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 Oh, uh, she worked on this. Yes, she did the costuming for this, as she's doing the costuming for Coming to America too. And, yeah, Eddie, Eddie brought back the same costume designer for Coming to America too. He brought back the director as well as the screenwriters for that movie. I got a lot of confidence in that movie. Bro, I have so movie, much man. more confidence in Coming to America too after yes. watching this. I'm going to be completely yes. honest. This unit should stay together. Like, they, they, I, uh, I they whoever, um, whoever's writing the the um the uh Richard Pryor film get off of it i yeah. want i want <laughs> this unit to to write direct and act in that movie you might be on to something man because the screenwriters who, who wrote this movie they had a lot of success with uh, like i said um in another conversation i think we had off mic about this movie that mm-hmm. they actually the screenwriters wrote uh, the Larry Flint story, I think the one about oh, the guy really? who created Penthouse. Yeah. Uh, and they also wrote the screenplay to uh, a, a, for a movie called Man in the Moon, which is a life story of a, a real famous uh, acting talent named Andy Kaufman. Yes. And uh, so they, 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 this is their wheelhouse. Like this, this type of this type of uh, movie is, is 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 where they have a real uh, area of dedication to man and, and, and their specialty even with Craig Brewer 
uh, as in his direction, man. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta say this. God, I almost forgot this. I gotta say this. In a way, Rudy Ray Moore was in this movie, bro. And I'm, oh, I'm gonna tell you why I say that. I'm gonna tell you exactly why I say that. Because when you go to those scenes, mm-hmm. particularly those montage scenes, where they're actually showing you the creation of his records and and uh, some of his uh, promotion art and all that, particularly mm-hmm. the promotion art yes. for Rudy Ray Moore's Dolomite stuff, they use the real image yeah. of Rudy Ray Moore in those yeah. images. There's a scene um, when after he records the album mm-hmm. and he becomes pretty uh, pretty well known, I guess he, his his celebrity begins to develop. There's a scene where Rudy Ray Moore's character is coming back to the record shop where he used to manage. Yeah. If you pay attention, as he's walking in, there's a fan that has an actual headshot of Rudy Ray Moore in their hand that actually makes it onto the scene. Really? Yes. Yes. And I thought that was, I, I to me, I salute the director. You know, that that's a... Yeah. That's a, that's that's something the directorial eye, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's a that's an image that they have to let pass through, mm-hmm. and that's a decision that's really made in many respects. Sometimes stuff like that falls through the cracks, but I don't believe that. I believe that was very deliberate. I believe those things were very deliberate, and I I like that about the movie, and much respect to uh, director Craig Brewer for that. But yeah, Scott Alexander and uh, Larry Carazes. Uh, Zesky, forgive my 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 lack of understanding on the name. There's no disrespect to the writer, but but yeah, those are the screenwriters and um, Ruthie Carter Brown. Oh God, man, come on, help me out. Do you find out who the? Because uh, I'm looking for it on IMDb. Okay. Now. Who are you looking for now? The costume designer for this. I want to I want to oh. give her because she she's too legendary, man, for me just not to get her name out there. Properly, but anyway, uh, while you find her name for me, um, she actually was put in the game by uh, Spike Lee. Really? Yes, she was the costume designer for all of Spike Lee's earlier movies. Well, his most, yeah, I want to say all of them, all of Spike's earlier movies. Man, that was the they because they knew each other from college. Yeah, it is Ruth Carter. Ruth Carter, Ruth Carter Brown, or is it just Ruth Carter? Uh, I thought just she... Ruth E. Carter. Okay. All right, Ruth e, Ruth e. Carter. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Ruth E. Carter. Um, yeah, she was she was put in the game. Uh, Spike uh, helped her get in the game, man. She did costuming for Malcolm X. She did the costuming for uh, for uh, Mo Better Blues. Spike's, yeah, she she was wow. uh, uh, do the right thing. This woman's been legendary. Been legendary. And she, you know, just now getting a lot of uh mainstream acknowledgement due to the phenomenal job she did with Black Panther. And yeah, she did an excellent job with that. Oh man, the, the, yeah, that was that's another conversation in of itself. But uh-huh. yeah, Ruth E. Carter costumed this movie and it was flawless, man. Yeah. This is what a period piece is supposed to look like. For whoever produced uh The Poison Rose with John Travolta, that that god awful abysmal <laughs> shit that y'all gave us with that movie. Next time, call you know Ruthie Carter as a consultant for something, man. Matter of fact, it should be mandatory and standard. Do not produce a period piece <laughs> at all without the costume consultation of Ruth E. Carter. Yeah. She's the best, bruh. I'm not trying to make an overstatement when I say this, all right? 
she's not the best in the business. She's the best that ever did it. I mean, resume speaks for herself. Is the best that ever did it. She's she's getting acknowledgement now. She's getting well deserved acknowledgement now, but it's not enough. Yeah, not enough. And I think that we will see the the the, the brilliance of her further expressed in uh, coming to America too. I can't wait for that movie. But I'm done, man. I'm yeah. done. Dolomite is my name. Is the movie. It came out this year. It's on Netflix. Watch it and hit us up, man. Hit us up at uh, NC Film Society. The letters NC Film Society at gmail.com with any commentary, uh, uh, any feedback you have, and also recommendations for any movies you want us to uh, to uh, review and you want to hear me and Derek talk about it. Uh, hit us up. NC Film Society at gmail.com. All right, do you anything else you got, man? Uh nothing. I'm I'm good, bro. That that was that was excellent. <laughs> yes, yes. All right, well look out for episode four we got coming up. Uh Claudine, you should be seeing that in the feed. Uh maybe right now. Just take a look at it. Not and, yet, but it'll, it'll be up. It'll be up later on. Today. Well, by the time they hear this though. Oh yeah. Time, yeah. Yeah. By the time they hear this, it'll probably be up. So yeah. Check out uh, episode four, man. We cut. We uh, talked about Claudine, and we'll see y'all next time. And uh, as I leave, Derek, I think I got the movie for us to watch. Oh. For our conversation. Okay. Talk to me. And it's actually weirdly connected to this movie right here. Really? Yes. And I promise we're going to get to Joker, y'all. We, we've been talking about Joker and doing a review on Joker. Uh, so we're going to get to Joker definitely before... The year is out, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, there's a movie called Mickey and Nikki, I believe it is. Hold on, let me make sure. It's actually it was actually directed. Uh, oh, it's, it's actually starring uh, John Cassavetes, who is oh. the actor that uh, Derville Martin was talking to uh, Ruby Ray Moore about in Dolomite Is My Name. But I think it's called Mikey and Nikki. Mikey and Nikki. Okay. Mikey and Nikki is directed by a lady named Elaine May. I want to talk about that movie with you. Okay. Yeah, I want I want I want to chop it up about that one. So yeah, so that that'll probably be our next episode. That sounds good. All right, man. So All right, bro. Uh, it's been a wrap, man. Uh yeah, it's a good one. We'll holler at y'all later.